0: What's going on? A little different voice for you here on the morning grind on Roto Grinders. Dan Bach filling in for Stevie here today. He has been absolutely crushing the League of Legends and uh, all the esports DFS. So I I wanted to give him uh, a day off here on the podcast and uh, fill in and and talk with uh, Byron. uh, Oh, my goodness. I almost called him Byron, <laughs> excuse don't. me, Alex Dunlap <laughs> of roster watch, because I love the NFL draft and the guys at roster watch, uh, have been crushing these prospects, the, the tape going to the senior bowl and, uh, Hey, you know what? There's nothing else really happening. Uh, but the NFL draft here in a couple of weeks. So, uh, Alex, uh, first off, I don't know if that's more insulting to you or Byron that I made that mistake, but uh, either way, dude,
1: thanks for jumping on today, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 can't, I can't figure that one out either. Uh, I will say this, man, just a quick, quick, quick shout out, man, to Stevie, really, just like picking up where, you know, picking up where everything just left off and hopping in to eSports uh, touting there on the site. I was able to read some of his columns. I've never played league of legends. I don't ever watch this stuff. I don't, but if you just go through and you know, there, there's, there's been some articles that he's written where I've just gone through and taking the names he's put in there and throwing them in a hat and throwing together some, some actual winning lineups. It's, it's crazy, man. That's a, that's a versatile guy to be able to hop from sport to sport like that and, be, and to be able to get such, such good advice. So shout out to that guy for sure. man.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, really impressive. And uh, you know, kudos to him for, putting the time in you know it's one thing just to kind of haphazardly jump in but he's literally working it seems like more hours now than he was previously because it's that much more
1: difficult to do you gotta figure out what the hell you're talking about you gotta figure out what the hell you're talking about it's (laughs) like when he's when he talks about nascar he's got a lifetime of shit he can he can go back and think (laughs) about right it's like whenever like this is like what you know what does this even mean like how how many flags or how many kills or i just Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, yeah, big, 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 big props to that dude.
0: No doubt. Um, all right. NFL draft is literally one of my favorite days. And uh, this year, you know, it's going to be in the spotlight more than ever because there is nothing going on right now. And, you know, I love the betting markets around the NFL draft, but usually you don't get the markets until like maybe like a week before or the, even the week of. But these sports books are so desperate that they've got. More betting markets for the NFL draft than they've ever had, and we're still like, like twenty some odd days away before this thing even exists. And you know, the cool thing about I think betting on the draft here, uh, Alex, is that you know, unlike betting games where you know all these sports books have their own algorithms, they can pretty much put out the sharpest lines. These things are so fluid, and nobody really knows what's going to happen. So I feel like. There's a lot of potential humor, human error in setting these lines. And, and when, you know, kind of information drops, like you can really get ahead of it and give yourself like a great edge. I don't know how much you've dug in on them yet, and we're going to talk a lot of, a lot of the players. But, you know, I feel like if you're in one of these regulated states or you find somebody who's booking NFL draft, like, man, I feel like it's just a great betting opportunity for everybody.
1: Yeah, and that's why I was excited to get on the pod with you, Dan, because, you know, generally, as part of my process, I'm I'm finishing up sort of some of the back-end running backs right now. I've done most of the wide receivers and clearly seen a bunch of these guys at the senior bowl, at the combine, et cetera. Our pro day tour got shut off, you know, early this year. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, it was it just sucked. But, you know, the, it was scheduled to really kind of take off the week of uh, March 23rd. Um, but you know that's all in the that's all in the past now. But uh, clearly, it's it's been it's just been another awesome draft season. This class is super super stacked at the wide receiver position, and um, that's clearly important to me because the majority of the stuff that I do is is getting out and watching these watching these wide receivers, these running backs, these tight ends, and these quarterbacks, the, the skill position players. But you know where I am in my process right now, I haven't gotten around to looking at a whole lot of props. So I'm excited to kind of talk to you about them and kind of get some of my first. Um, my first kind of, you know, just dive into it, get my first yeah. sort of taste about what's going on with that stuff, and I totally agree that there's always, I it, it's interesting, it's 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 like you said, we don't usually have them this early. Never. Like today April 1, today's April first, today's you know what, April, the, the 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 very beginning of, of April. We still have three and a half weeks until yep. until the draft, so um, probably yeah, some definite value baked in, and especially with these it's like you said what what are they just out of like I'm not in a state where I can bet on Fanduel and stuff yeah. what do what they what do they limit you at on those props is it 100 <sighs> is it 200 is it 500 like, yeah
0: 100? I last year I happened to be in New Jersey during the draft for a conference so I was actually able to bet this out there and I think I got up to about 500 on the limit That's for these fantastic. things which is That's pretty great. good like you yeah. know I mean yeah you're not going to get 510k but Honestly, they might even extend those limits a little bit more just because there's not that much to wager on. Maybe not now, just because they feel like there's more risk. But I don't think at any point in time do these do these lines get, you know, nearly as sharp as you get throughout the year, just because the only people who really know are the people who are making those picks. Like, guys like Schefter and Kuyper and, and, and McShea, I mean maybe they're plugged in a little bit but we also know there's a lot of bad information being thrown around there to try and keep people off of players that they're potentially going to pick and and I want to start off where I think there there was some kind of maybe bad information or you got to read the tea leaves here a little bit and you know it's not around Joe Burrow. We know he's going number one, but I think the interesting spot here is at number three with Detroit because I still think Chase Young is going to go two to the Redskins. I, mm-hmm. I as, as much as I don't think Dwayne Haskins is a great quarterback, I just can't see them not taking Young. They need a pass rusher. He makes all the sense in the world. But and it's four, and it's and
1: it's Ron Rivera, and that's yeah. a guy who's who like that's a guy who's always you know been been a, at least a head. Uh, at least a head coach who has espoused before that, you know, his, his, his interest is building on a, on a strength. Yeah. And the, the strength of that team is they, they have a good young pedigree defensive line, man. You add on a beast of an edge rusher. Like, I, I don't see any way. I completely agree with you, but they, but as far as Dwayne Haskins probably not being the answer, but Scott Turner did bring, they, what they trade a fifth round pick to bring Kyle Allen in. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't think it happens at two. I think one and two, at least on my mock draft for the huddle report, um, I I certainly haven't done it yet, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's going to be Burrow. Unless we get new information, it's going to be Burrow at one, Young at two for sure. And I feel like that's going to stay the same.
0: Yeah, and I think three is the interesting spot here because the odds have really changed a good bit because everybody was looking at Akuta from Ohio State, and I think he makes the most sense when you take Slay out of the equation, traded to Philadelphia. But basically what is being projected right now in most places, at least on the sports books that I'm reading, is they think Tua is going to go at three. And the, the really interesting side of it is if you look at the odds of who they have uh, Detroit taking, like you can pick, like who is Detroit going to take with their first pick? It's, two it is isn't like
1: Tua you know he's like 16 to 1 so so they're so they're projecting a trade up from the chargers or from the or from the dolphins to get ahead of one another exactly
0: or and to, uh, i mean but that makes all the sense in the world right like if you're detroit you're going to get your guy at 5 right or maybe even
1: potentially 6 and dolphins you know, won't so all right so let's just say let's so do you want to say the dolphins or do you want to say the chargers I think it's
0: the Dolphins just to make sure that they get Tua uh, cuz I think there is a little bit of concern that maybe the Chargers would jump them um in the giant spot if Detroit decides not to trade and uh I think like the what they need to give up I don't think would be all that much. I know typically when you're moving up a couple of spots we saw it with what Chicago to get um Trubisky they had to give up like future first round picks and stuff like that I I'd be a little surprised if they had to give up that much draft equity to move up two spots but they're also a team that has a ton of draft picks and could potentially do that I just I just see them getting to it and there's no way really no reason for them not to they're not in win now mode we don't know if the season's even gonna start on time and this is a guy who going into the season was the clear-cut number one guy. Um, you know, and Burrow obviously had a great season. He deserves to be number one, but I think there's a huge drop-off from Tua to Herbert or Love or any other quarterback in this draft. And I don't think they want to get stuck with that. So I just think to I I think the Dolphins, I'm super confident they go up
1: and get Tua in this draft. No, I'm conflicted about it for a couple reasons. I what I'm not what I do think is, you know, or uh, so if if we look at, I, I do, I think that even if they moved back to five, five or six, that the Lions could still get Jeff Okuda. Yeah, agree. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that it's a big need for the Giants at four. The Dolphins, I mean, they've just paid Xavier and Howard. They brought in, um, oh god, they, they, they've, they've, the Dolphins have done things on on the uh, on the defensive backfield, and we're not even talking about them anyway because we're talking about a scenario where they go up to get. Tua. So I mean, it would make all the sense in the world for the Lions to trade down. I would actually say it's almost sort, it feels sort of like a lock. My only question for you is, are you sure it's Tua? Because he hasn't been cleared by any NFL team yet. Um, Do you, I mean, and- but who are you taking? Like, you
0: really, don't tell me you're a Justin Herbert guy. I mean, I know you, he looked good in the senior bowl. I know that's I'm your Herbert thing. Guy. I,
1: I, I'm, I'm not a Herbert guy. He was the best quarterback at the senior bowl. He's much better than Jordan Love. I agree. Um, but, but the... I just, mean it feels it feels like some of the it feels like some of the powers that be in the in the scouting industrial complex or people who we sort of talk to about this stuff keep on just saying this stuff like don't forget about Herbert, man. Like he he really has risen a bunch through this process, and so I don't I don't I don't know. To me, it feels like a deal. It feels like a Josh Allen kind of deal where everybody in the community that we our echo chamber hates him. But um, maybe NFL teams are just a, a good bit higher, and if Tua has not been met, this is just the worst year for a player in Tua yeah. Tagovailoa's situation to be in this situation because he like there is no medical recheck, there is no availability for meeting with each team's specialist to see if this. I mean, here's the thing: if it turned, his 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 agent came out and cleared him, right? Yeah, which is just, which is preposterous. I mean. An agent clear I mean Dan Bach might as well clear him. it's like what is, what does that even mean right? Yeah. Um, with that being said, these teams I mean we're talking about investing a a, a third a, the third pick in the NFL draft on a player that could have an arthritic hip condition for the rest of his life that could be something that greatly diminishes the ability of, the, of his abilities, but to torque in his throwing motion and to, and to throw the same way. Um, the hips, a big part of that whole, you know, body process that, like that kinesthetic process that takes part in, in, in throwing a football. Right. It just seems to me like it was a big time injury. We've heard, it was seemed like we heard a bunch of, I'm not sure if it was like piped in intel from his agency whether it was true during the combine that the medical checks coming in on him actually looked good and the tour was sort of a winner of the original combine um hopeful for a great recheck I it just I I mean it just on 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 a day wherever we still don't have Cam Newton signed by an NFL team simply because you know they're worried about a shoulder they're worried about a foot like all the rest of this stuff I just I I I wonder if teams are just going to be a little bit gun shy about Tua simply because there's not enough information and we don't really have the ability to gather the information right now because it's the situation our country finds itself in. Well,
0: if, uh, if you think it's Herbert, you can get him at uh, 20 to 1 on FanDuel to go number three overall. Well, don't I, you
1: think that that's good value? 20 to 1? I don't. Just in case? I. I don't you think there's no way it happens? Like, you don't think there's a, mean, it isn't a 5%er? No, I don't think so. I, I, I mean oh, I, I don't I think it's think a better so. than five percent chance. I do. I like I think that that's a good I, I think that there's value there. But why would I, somebody I, I trade up
0: to get him? That's the thing is I don't think unless somehow something comes out on Tua, I don't think any team needs to trade up to number three to draft Justin Herbert. If if the if the Dolphins like Herbert, I think they can just stay where they're at. And What I, about I, the Chargers? Chargers really going to give up future first round pick to draft Justin Herbert would be just an absolute disaster.
1: Yeah, that that's not. I yeah, Telesco drives a tough tough bargain. But do you know what? I mean, that's Telesco dealing. That's Telesco dealing with with Quinn. I, I I think that I think maybe they could say like, look, you're still going to get you're you're still going to get Okuda. The Dolphins aren't going to take him at five. You're still no. going to get him. So, so still, why not? So why not just let us throw in a two this this year, and we can swap, you know, our th- you know three for your five or something like? You because don't it's think that never that could,
0: just a two, even though it should be. It never is. It's always yeah, like I a future it. first round because we the market's been set. Like the value of even moving up a a handful of spots in the first round is like a future first round pick. It's, you can it's, move it's, up one
1: pick, I mean, we seem to be one pick. So yeah, I get it. I, it.
0: I don't think it should be that value, but that's what it is. So, um, but let's get on, let's get on the Jordan love, you know, let's talk about him a little bit. Cause his line right now on like the draft spot is 17 and a half. But if you look in the latest mock, and I don't know how much you are up to date on this, but the latest mock from McShea actually had him going ahead of Justin Herbert to the chargers. Um, you know, we follow college football a lot. We follow the senior bowl. You were there, you know, roster watch crushes it. I don't I don't think as highly of Jordan Love as a lot of these other people do. I mean, I saw his his game against LSU, and given it, it's one game, but this is against the highest competition he's going to face, the dude did nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. Looked completely overmatched in that situation. Short sample size, yes, but... I'm not really sold on Jordan Love, but a lot of the mocks
1: are moving him way up. What's your thoughts on him? Well, i I have the same I have the same thoughts on Jordan Love that I had about Drew Locke and Paxton Lynch. I think he's that kind of level of prospect. Um, I think that he has cert- certain. I mean, he has some. He, there's there's some things about him that are absolutely you know drool worthy from an attribute standpoint. I mean, he has he has pizza tin hands. I mean, I don't, I don't have the numbers pulled up, but his hands must be like literally 10 and a half, 10 and five, eighths in. Like he's a, he's a big, just monstrous man, you know, physically proportioned well. Um, and he's got it. He's got a great arm on him. He can push the football all over the, all over the field. He's not as, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure his arm's as big as Herbert's. He's not as accurate as Herbert's. His footwork's nowhere near as good as, Uh, Justin Herberts. So to me, it's, I see Justin Herbert as a player who is more in the mold of a Daniel Jones, Josh Allen type of, type of prospect. I don't necessarily compare him to those two guys, but I value him the same way. Whereas Jordan Love is a guy who I value the same way that I valued a Paxton Lynch or a Drew Locke. And we've seen that both of those guys ended up um, both of those, I guess two guys that were both drafted by, by John Elway, by the way, Paxton Lynch too early, and Drew Locke comm- commiserate with about where I thought he should go. So, With that being said, we're hearing buzz. And what's more important than my evaluation on these guys is the buzz that we're hearing from, you know, these guys who are plugged in, Jim Nagy at the Senior Bowl, um, Daniel Jeremiah at NFL Network. There's, you know, I mean, that guy worked with Mayock for how many years? Like, he gets on the phone with Mayock, and he gets pretty plugged in info about what GM, about what he thinks GMs are thinking and stuff. And we're beginning to hear that Jordan Love is probably going to go higher than most of us think. So it makes sense to me that he's a guy that I considered maybe one of these guys who maybe a team would be wise to sneak into the back of the first round to get if they saw him fall in sort of a you know sort of a Ravens Lamar Jackson kind of kind of heist to make sure that you're able to you know if the quarterback does hit you're able to retain that fifth year option on them um that's kind of what I've pegged the situation to be for Jordan Love the whole time so if it is true that he's moving up higher than, than maybe what the consensus thinks, or at least what I think, that seventeen and a half is a good line for him. It's just interesting because the seventeenth pick is the Cowboys. There's no way that you know. I mean, I just don't know what they're trying to. I mean, the 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 Dolphins have the yeah. the Dolphins have their 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 pick there that they got from the what the was that the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Yeah. So they'll have the eighteenth pick that was formerly the Steelers. Uh, you know, that would, if that's the case and we're talking about that and that's what the line that they're thinking of, it makes you think, you know, what does that mean for the, for the value of that dolphins moving up to three line that, you know, the lines been yeah. set for this. So if we just look ahead, um, I don't think that, okay, so, well, I mean, let's just talk about the Jaguars, your Jaguars aren't going to take, you know, so the chargers would get to them, the Panthers, I don't think the Panthers would, would take him cardinals of course they're not going to take him your jaguars i don't think they would take him it's interesting we had an interesting talk before we started about maybe some free agent (laughs) you you don't want to land no no thanks the browns they're not taking him the jets they're not taking him the raiders maybe but um
0: they've got two picks i don't think they take them there they can uh, he's at they got 19 as well
1: the 49ers i don't know i i don't see it the Bucks, no, no, not in the first. The Broncos, absolutely not. The Falcons, probably not, unless no. they just really, really fell in love with them. But that's an that's a whole thing with. I mean, that's that whole from the Dimitrov to um, uh, to oh man, I'm blanking on the I'm blanking on the the bald head coach. What's his name? He's always fired up. Quinn. The uh, the that they're in the. I'm not taking one at 16, no. If they don't win, they're not building for the future. Like, they need to win right now or they're both getting fired. So, 17, Cowboys, no way. I think that the bet for Jordan Love is over 17 and a half. I kind of agree. He's not going before 17 and a half. Yeah. But the the only thing that makes me think it's something – like, is somebody traded up because they wanted to get ahead of the – that's it. If somebody trades up because they want to get ahead of the Dolphins at 18 – but the I Dolphins, guess. in my projection,
0: are going to have two. I think the spot is the Raiders at at 19 where somebody might trade That's up to get him there. And that team, you know, I, maybe it's a team like New England, you know, at 23 who probably is not going to be able to wait around and, and get him in that spot. Um, maybe the Titans are a team. I, I doubt they're they're going to do it, but they just gave Tannehill that contract. But they could bring in a, a young quarterback. So I just – I'm kind of with you on this one. I think the only way it happens is a trade-up. But, again, there's a lot of steam right now on Love going ahead of Herbert. And in this last mock, they had Herbert going to the Jags at nine, and that's not freaking happening. I'm
1: telling you. Is there a a prop bet on Herbert going ahead of Love? Does anybody Uh, offer that? Yeah,
0: yeah, I've got it right here. It's – yeah, because I was looking at that one. It's a matchup – one second. It is – We've got uh, Herbert and Love, Herbert minus 330, Jordan Love plus
1: 235. No, oh, well, there's no value in that. But I, I just, I th- I think Herb, I mean, it's just, unless I'm just crazy, man. Or unless, somebody could have fallen in love with Jordan Love. I don't, I just, I just have a, I have a lot of trouble seeing it. I'll I just, tell I, you. I, I, I really have a lot of trouble seeing it.
0: Okay, I want to get, we got a lot to cover here, but I want to get to uh, another quarterback situation and an easy bet for you guys here because, I'm looking at, okay on DraftKings I love kind of like comping the 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 different websites here. On DraftKings you can bet the draft order for certain players like over under. And for Jacob Eason, his numbers 47 and a half. Uh and for um what's the other the uh for Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm his his number is 60 and a half. Okay? <laughs> so they've got them uh wow like what almost 13 picks apart uh according to their their total in terms of where they're drafted on FanDuel you can get Jason Jacob Eason to be drafted before Jake Fromm at just minus 152 and I think I think that's a lock here especially at just minus 152 because Jake Fromm is a guy that again I've I have not been impressed with one bit. His athleticism at the combine was was terrible compared to these other players. His production at Georgia around an amazing offensive line was not all that impressive. And Eason's a guy that you know former top player coming out of high school. Yes, he went to Georgia and then transferred, but you know didn't play in an offense that really kind of showed him off out there in Washington. And he has. All the tools in the world. And I think somebody's going to fall in love with Eason over Jake Fromm. I think that's, that's a super easy bet at minus 152. I'd lay that yeah, all day long.
1: I mean, I just I, – I have, I have priors from Fromm when he was a freshman that I just I – have, I have a hard time getting out of my head. Um, with that being said, I mean, I, I can't – I mean, I have to – like I think it's foolish to disagree with you though Dan I think it's I, I think from where we are it's just a better bet I just I, I, there's something in me that still believes in 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 Jake Fromm like what um, is it? he's a leader I don't is it know. the old there's leadership there's something stuff? in me there's no no there's just something like no do you, do you remember like his, his 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 freshman season yeah I do yeah I, I, just, I just I just looked at him and I said all right well him and two are going to be one and two they, whenever they come out but like, why uh, did he regress so much I mean, that's the thing. It's like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like at this, at this point, I can't, I, like, there's nothing I can reasonably do except agree with you. I'm just, yeah. I'm saying, I, I don't, I don't understand why there's still something inside of me. That's still, there are these priors with, with from that I have that I have trouble getting rid of. But I think the only reasonable thing is that I have to, I have to agree with you and think that that's kind of, a, it does. I'm not sure it's a. I I think both those are, I think 40, what'd you say? 47 and a half. Doesn't that seem a little, doesn't that seem a little, a little early for I mean, a little early for either of them. I mean, does do do people really have Jacob Eason or Jake Fromm on their? I you know I guess we could probably look at a bunch of top one hundred big boards to have those guys. But I just I don't. Do people really have them in their top fifty? I think it's uh, so deep. I I mean, it's the thing about the quarterback position, and it's always going to be the premium. People are always going to feel like they have to move up. But boy, forty seven. I just I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting to hear that. Well, it's I it's both both be uh, guys that we'd be talking about. Definite definite day two, probably, but maybe a little bit later in day two.
0: Yeah, and one one place you can do some over under bets on for fantasy is Prize Picks, and they actually have From at forty nine and a half as their as their number. And again, DraftKings had it in the sixties, so uh, I would definitely roll the over uh, if you want to uh, yeah. play it over there. I think that one's. Uh, a good wager okay last guy last quarterback then we're going to move on uh, Jalen Hurts what do you think happens with him uh, what what did you see from him at the at the combine I think he went to the senior bowl yeah because he had Alabama and Oklahoma on that helmet um, yeah. they've got his his number at 69 and a half and you can also <laughs> wager on you know They don't what- think
1: that that's the most cockamamie Hurts is going to go be- they don't think Hurts is going to go before from more Eason. Hurts is going to go before them
0: I mean, you can get him in round two at plus one hundred and sixty, round three at plus one hundred, round four at plus three hundred and seventy, thir- uh, and thirteen to one to go in round one. I don't think
1: he's going round one. No, no, but I think I think he'll go round two. If if you just see, J- here's the thing about Jalen. I mean, and I've been following I've been following him since he was in Channelview High School. It was right down here in, in in Texas playing playing for his dad, Coach Hurts. The he. He's a guy who is basically at every stop, he's surprised me with the fact that he's been able to do what he's done. I didn't think he, I didn't, I, he, he got that offer to Alabama. I couldn't believe it. You know, he goes there. He's actually really, it takes a kid like Tua to come in there and, um, kind of take that thing off the rails. I said, whenever he went to, um, Oklahoma and people were just like hey there's he's gonna gonna be in Lincoln Riley's system he's gonna pick up where Kyler Murray left off I just said you guys are like if you think that that it's just Baker Mayfield Kyler Murray Jalen Hurst comes in and does the same stuff like you got another thing coming man like this isn't he's not he's not that kind of player he comes in he you know he he didn't win the Heisman Trophy but he was uh you know a a great great player incredible numbers
0: I mean he was really good player too like really good
1: And he gets to the Senior Bowl, and you see, maybe he's a little bit because you know Jalen, the way that he ran, and you know I know that you watch a lot of college football, but he was a he was a lot less Lamar Jackson and a lot more like Sam Ellinger with his running style, more of a battering kind of running style. And so he gets to the he gets to the. He gets to the Senior Bowl, and he feels like he looks a little bit smaller than I, – I figured he kind of grown or got, got, got a little bit bigger through the time that I hadn't seen him since, since, since high school. But I got to see him at the Senior Bowl and talk to him, and he wasn't quite as big as he sometimes looked uh, during the actual season in, in 2019. But through the course of the week, got better and better every day. And just from the combine, what we heard is absolutely – um, smashed his interviews, and it makes a ton of sense when you look at. I forget, I forgot who he did that chalk talk session with. Was it Mariucci? I would encourage just anybody who hasn't seen it go watch the Jalen Hurts chalk talk with uh, Coach Steve Mariucci that was on ESPN. I I, I, I I guess I don't even know where Mariucci works. NFL Network, ESPN, yeah, whatever. NFL. But um, if you just go, if you go watch that it's the best whiteboard session I've ever seen. And I've seen a ton of those things. Um, if that's the way that he conducted himself in interviews with every teams, like teams are going to, he's going to, I think he's going to go in the second round. I think he'll go before or from, or, or Eason. So if he's being Ooh. priced in to go um, priced in to go uh later than that, I think I would take the, I would be interested in, you know, taking the, yeah. what the under on whatever it is. Yeah, right definitely. Now.
0: The under is what we're seeing in the sixties. And I don't, uh, I don't think we have a you know have that wager yet, but I guarantee you, as it draws closer, even like they're going to have real time betting on this NFL draft. So when those guys go out, it'll say who's the oh, next gonna quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. It's going to be spectacular. Um, I, I'm with you though. Uh, I and also I think when you see you know guys like, and I think he is a quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but. Even when you see what happened in, in New Orleans with the BYU kid, um, I think that that teams will be more willing to, you know, be get funky a little bit with their quarter – with, with oh, these guys yeah. who can do so much more than just be a drop-back quarterback. And this guy is an incredible athlete. I mean – he is really, really, really strong. So, uh, I agree. I think he's, he's definitely like the under on that. Okay. Let's get to uh, wide receivers next. Is this the deepest wide receiver draft you can remember?
1: Yeah. I mean, since I've been doing it professionally, it is, um, I, I just, I, you know, I've been, I've loved the draft ever since I was a little, you know, since I was a little kid, you know, I've been watching this thing (laughs) dating back to the nineties and stuff. So I don't know if, you know, when I was, I didn't study it as much back then. I just – I kind of loved it and watching who the teams had. So, um, certainly as long as I've been doing it where I've been analyzing it and really thinking deeply about it, for sure. Like, I, I – like, it's, it's – like, Dan, it's like, in this class, I'm having trouble you – know, like, it's a, it's a real conversation and a real – like, it puts my mind into toil to, you know, who is my wide receiver 14 versus my wide receiver 15 because they're good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like, it isn't just like once you get past eight or nine, you can kind of slough off the rest of it. It's, it's, this thing goes, goes deep. They're, I mean, what and, Daniel Jeremiah said, what, 20, Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah uh, said, respectively, 25 and 27 wide receivers with, with uh, you know, day one or day two grades in this class. Like, that is nutty. The, and, and, there's, and there's a type for every kind of team yep. you need. You know, and that's what the I love, on the, even on
0: the high end of this draft, is you've got so many different types of wide receiver. You know, you've kind of got an all-around guy in Jerry Judy. You've got um, uh, Ruggs with just incredible speed and athleticism. Um, you've got T. Higgins, who's kind of got that size. Uh, and then, you know, Lamb and Jefferson are the other kind of big names out there. But it's crazy because Kuyper had seven – Wide receivers in his first round. And then if you looked over at McShay's latest, he had, I think he had six, but he also had a couple different guys enter the first round. Like he had a- uh, Ayuk from Arizona State mm-hmm. end up making the first round. So like, I, I mean, it's just kind of like crazy that there's so many guys that are going to make an impact. I think in like fantasy perspective, it's going to be fun for your dynasty drafts because there's so many good players out there. But, you know, in terms of this draft here, um, I mean I'm looking right now at the at the odds. The top wide receiver taken, we've got Judy at minus one ten, CeeDee Lamb at plus one fifty, Henry Ruggs at plus two seventy five, and then all the way down to uh Justin Jefferson at plus sixty six hundred. So plus sixty six hundred on Jefferson going first, the first wide receiver taken. Jesus, that's good odds. It
1: I mean, is, but do you think that he would? No, exactly. But I mean, <laughs> I, mean <laughs> I mean, do I think it's one? And I mean, just for golly, I mean, plus plus sixty six hundred is long, long. I mean, odds. throw your five bucks you just, on it. But I thought I you mean, were going to say plus six hundred or
0: something. That's just no, cra- that's crazy. It's a huge spread off of those top three, Um, and I think all along people thought it was Judy or Lamb, but you even tweeted at me the other day when i was talking a little bit about this that do you think there's a chance rugs could go first cuz he's plus yeah, 275 yeah. not the best number but um give me your thoughts on him
1: well, i well, i love henry rugs and and the thing of when you stand when you when he's another guy that you know kind of when you stand next to him you realize that this is not a uh this is not a Marquise brown with the speed it's not a to Sean Jackson you know it's it's more of a it re- truly is the way he's put together more of a more of a Tyreek Hill um, John Ross plus kind of guy I mean he has he has 10 and an eighth inch hands he weighs 188 he ran this thing in 427 a 99th percentile spark athlete everybody's seen the videos of him palming a basketball and just oh, crazy, crazy. good basketball 360 player. dunks like those are the kinds of play like NFL types that like they 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 look at that stuff, man. They like they love ballers. And whenever you talk to people close to the Alabama program, I'm so tilted. I didn't get out there to pro day to be able to talk to more of them. But they said without a doubt, in that wide receiver room, that has good players. I mean, Jerry Judy's. Every, everybody knows about him, but people don't talk as much. I mean, Dan, play, you play college DFS. I mean, you might like you could go out and scream to the rooftops about like Devonta and Waddle and like. Yep whenever you see that and you just hear from everybody that Henry Ruggs, even though people who look at college dominator are not going to, I mean, only 40% of, uh, or only 14% of team receptions last year, 17% receiving yards, 14% receiving touchdowns. They still say he's the, he's the alpha in the room. Um, he's the, he's the one, he's the big dog. He's, the, he's the alpha. Um, we've seen Nick Saban within those offenses at Alabama sometimes his best players are players that he doesn't utilize as much as the others in specific ways that we'd like to think yep. to generate production. We saw it out of Josh Jacobs. We, I mean, you know, everybody that says, "Well, what if Josh Jacobs is so good? Why did Saban?" play Damian Williams ahead of him so much. We should have Damian Williams ranked higher. And you're like, well, you don't, you don't get it. And you don't listen to what Saban has to say about we need to keep Josh Jacobs fresh and what he does for the offense when he's in there. And, and you know, we need to make sure he's okay for the end of the season. And he's definitely, our, he's definitely the leader in the alpha in that room. Those are the same things you sort of hear about Henry Ruggs. And I know that NFL teams and NFL types listen to that kind of thing, especially when it comes from a, from a guy like Saban. Jim Nagy down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, very you know that thing takes place in mobile alabama which is very close by to tuscaloosa so he's i mean clearly uh plugged into the program the old senior bowl director phil savage actually does the color for the alabama football there's just lots there's lots of right he's 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 with the jets now uh, under joe douglas but the 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 fact is that the senior bowl is pretty tied in with the alabama program and so jim nagy um I mean, he's been saying the whole time that Henry Ruggs is like, don't let anybody tell you that Henry Ruggs is not wide receiver one in this class. You're gonna hear from a bunch of, you're gonna hear from a bunch of analysts, and you're gonna hear from a bunch of mock drafts. You're gonna hear about Judy. You're gonna hear about all this stuff. But look, don't listen to the noise. Henry Ruggs, clear wide receiver one. And um, he even tweeted about it again and doubled down after the after he ran his four two seven at the combine. He had a tweet saying like, this four two seven coming at you is from wide receiver one in this class. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. So you, you just hear people plugged into the program saying this stuff. You hear guys like Jim Nagy, who is a major, major force in the scouting industrial complex. He talks to every scout on every team, every GM, because he, it's important for him to find out which of these guys they want to see at the Senior Bowl. That's, that's why he does it. So um a lot of a lot of in, that 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 guy is a great follow for NFL draft intel just simply because of who he who he talks to. And so you know, take those things into consideration. I think it makes sense to just, I mean, take a take a flyer on rugs. Who knows? The ghost of Al Davis could pop up and make the Raiders take him with the with their first pick. <laughs> the
0: yeah, first and and that's where I think actually like a, a pretty safe bet is the over-under number on him is fourteen and a half. And I love it because I think 11, 12, 13 are pretty much all going wide receiver there or have have a chance to go wide receiver. So that's Jets,
1: Raiders, Niners. Niners. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, after that, obviously Tampa's not taking a wide receiver. Um, And I actually think he does fit well with the Broncos. I think if the Broncos, if he falls to Denver at 15, he's Mm -hmm. definitely going to go there because he is a perfect kind of compliment to the type of wide receiver Sutton is who's more of a big body type of guy he's you know just gives them the speed that they need but I think you know especially with Emmanuel I Sanders I, th- I think yeah. I would
1: hate it for fantasy but for, I mean for real football I would love that would yeah. be a, I would feel sick about rugs to the Broncos yeah
0: but with Sanders gone and the Raiders having nobody out there uh, and the Jets needing playmakers. I mean, Breshad Perriman, whatever. I mean, if they didn't pick him up, I would say lock and load a wide receiver at eleven. But um, I just think, uh, yeah, I think that that Rugs under fourteen and a half looks like a a pretty good number. Um, you know, Judy Lamb. I mean, again, they're kind of the, those are the three guys that are you know seem to be that tier above. I don't. I don't really have a strong feeling on either of these two. I'm um, I mean, in terms of like which one is is better going to be drafted higher. Um, again, I think they kind of get slotted in this 11, 12, 13 spot. Uh, but let, let's go about some more longer shots because I think the uh, the interesting thing is there's actually some, some value to be had, you know, later in the draft because I think there's a lot of teams that can use wide receivers. You look at Minnesota, uh, they absolutely, I think – I think they've got to take a wide receiver in round one. I, I really do. I mean after you so trade digs away is,
1: what, is, what is your pick they have pick
0: uh, oh they have 22. they're 22 um, but you're going to get a really good player at 22. Mm-hmm. Eagles at 21 uh, a lot of talker with with Justin Jefferson uh, out there uh, again the Raiders back at 19. Uh, man, I mean in, in Minnesota actually has two first round picks so are 22 and 25. So uh, they got that Buffalo pick. Um, talk about some of these guys at the end of round one that's standing out to you.
1: Some of the players who are
0: projected. Yeah, I mean, do you like is is T Higgins a guy that you know that that you love? Is, Chenault's is, is there? I don't. I'm not a process. fan of his,
1: but. No, I well, I, I think Chenault. I mean, I know we're not talking best ball, but I think Chenault is. He's free, He's he's become free in, in best ball over the course of the last few weeks. I did a podcast about the biggest fallers over the last ten days in best ball, and Lavisca Chenault is one of the biggest fallers. And um, I think at this point, when he's when he's free, you know, he presents value. But I do agree with you that this has been a pretty pretty rough draft process for that guy. And um, you know, he's another guy who I've been following since he was a he was a high schooler. Um, in the Dallas area, it's a bunch of these rivals camps. And um, I've uh, just, you know, from what Byron said and from what, just what I picked up, kind of, I'm not sure he's going to, I'm not sure he's going to interview very well with teams. Um, I think he's kind of made it out of the, probably made it out of the first round at this point, four, five, eight in the 40. Everybody was expecting him to have a, you know, just yeah. a, a monstrous, monstrous day there as far as testing, and he didn't have it. um, the guys who are going to go, so I'm not. Sure, it's just it feels like T. Higgins keeps getting keeps getting mocked in the in the in the first round. I, I don't know what that I don't I don't know what that means. The more I've dug, kind of dug into T. Higgins, the more I've sort of begun to think that he uh, what he what 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 he brings maybe isn't as dynamic as some of these others. How many of these guys really want these you know are going after these big ex wide receiver contested catch beasts these days and and just hoping that it turns into Mike Evans and not into, you know, a million of these, and not into a million of these these other types that uh, really have a lot of trouble with, you know, separating in in other ways. To me, I I mean, the players that come into most consideration for me would be, uh, you know, Jalen Rager, TCU, it feels, I mean, he was a 93rd percentile spark athlete, um, even though he wasn't quite as fast in his 40-yard in his dash at the combine 4.47 that a lot of people were expecting, just a, a really good producer there and also just a lot of production in, in the rushing plus the uh, return game, which uh, teams it feels like, you know, I've, I've heard over and over again and I, I feel personally that when you see the guy that's a great returner it just says a lot for his, his open field vision and elusiveness after catch um I think teams are gonna like that about Jalen Rager Denzel Mims at this point feels I I would have never thought this coming into the coming into even the senior bowl week um I give a lot a ton of credit to our guy Trashman for his just continual love of Denzel Mims you know going back to December and January and I just did not believe him he was gonna have a big senior bowl week but that's all he I mean that guy I mean is he he's the just, Debo of
0: this of this year? Because you love Debo coming out of yes. out of yep. the Senior Bowl, and you were yeah, kind senior. of on an island with that. So uh, you know, yeah. I, I I wanted to see, and and obviously he panned out, and you know, it's probably going to break out this next season. Do you think Mims is like that guy for you this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, so. I think he's that guy for everybody this year. It's yeah. just, I mean, it, he can't not be. It's just if you were there at the Senior Bowl, and then just. And then just, you kind of got to watch the tape and just see how many ways he wins. I, I think he goes in the first round. I think, I think if he's not first round, it'll be early second. Justin Jefferson at this point feels like a lock after he ran a four four three. I think the guys who are sort of on the precipice, um, uh, you know, we, we talked about Rager. Uh, we Pittman. talked about I, – I, I, I don't think Pittman will go in the I – I, I, I don't see a scenario where Pittman goes in the first round. I, th- I, I like yeah. him as a – I like him as a player. I just I don't I don't see it happening. Um, so the numbers I really for five and a, five and a half wide receivers.
0: By the way, with with juice on the over, like minus one fifty.
1: So all right. So what they're saying is CD, Judy, um, Rugs, Ruggs, Jeff- Jefferson, Mims, Rager, and then that's when you start wondering about T Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Brian Edwards. If he would have tested, um, if he would have broke his foot. I mean, he was getting a lot. He was getting a lot of comparisons to like a bigger sort of, you know, a bigger, more beastly sort of Debo Samuel, um, coming out of South Carolina. So I, I don't think Pittman. I, you know, some people will say, uh, but sometimes there's one of these guys who creeps up. I mean, yeah. Maybe it could be Pittman, Chase Claypool, when he was he ran a
0: four-four-two. I was, four, four, two. I was I, gonna say he's the guy that Kuiper had going at the end of round one. That was like. You serious? You know, going to uh to Green Bay. I mean, there was some talk that, that he's more like almost like hybrid tight end wide receiver type.
1: Mm-hmm. You no, know, yeah. It, well, I mean, and they just got rid of they just got rid of Geronimo Allison. So yep. they I mean that that's that slot rule was kind of kind of open. I don't think Chase. I mean, Chase Claypool ran a four-four-two, so I can't say that he's lumbering and slow like I thought he was at yeah. the Senior Bowl. Uh, but he just, he was a little bit, a little bit productive. More of a guy like a red zone type guy. I would, I would love him to play tight end. Um, I just, I don't. To me, feel to me, it feels like I've sort of been a little bit wrong about Chase Claypool from the start. I thought he was gonna have a bigger week at the Senior Bowl coming in. Um, I know our guy Siege, who's who's a big Notre Dame fan, had told me, like, you're gonna love his, you're gonna love his ball skills and all this stuff. I can't wait to hear what you think about him. And I told him, like, yeah, I feel like, you know, it was just it was just a week wherever you did have Denzel Mims there that was just absolutely, you know, absolutely blowing things up. There were other guys that had big weeks down there who, you know, probably aren't as highly touted, like the KJ Hills and the Van Jeffersons, these types of players. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Chase Claypool just didn't leave a lasting impact on me certainly didn't think that this man at uh, six foot four and a quarter 238 pounds was going to run a 4.42 if you would have told me that at the senior bowl I would have said I I would have asked you to give me some what you're smoking like there's (laughs) there's there's no way that there's just simply no way that that's going to happen so look I I've been wrong and wrong and wrong about Chase Claypool so far and I don't think he goes in the first round which obviously means that he's, he's He's probably going to. I, I, I don't know. It's a it's a bizarre world that we live in.
0: Okay, a couple, uh, couple last things here on receiver that I find interesting. You can actually make the, uh, you, you know, on, on FanDuel Sportsbook, Eagles' first pick and Colts' first pick. Now, the Colts don't pick until round two. I think they're early round two, if I remember correctly. Let me see. Colts, yeah, 34. They've got Washington's second-round pick. And then, of course, you've got the uh, the Eagles – at 21 I don't think it's like a lock that the Eagles are taking a wide receiver but they've got Jefferson at plus 170 which I don't love that price at all I think Holy that is picking one crazy guy, one guy that late so much can happen uh so that that's a bad bet um but then you've got Mims at plus 550 um you know it's got Ruggs and Judy and and Lamb but I think he'll those guys will be way long way uh, gone by then Rager, Does it have to be a wide receiver. No, this is just what they have Jalen Rager at plus 850, Higgins at plus 1400, Xavier McKinney at plus 1600, Grant Delpit at plus 1700, uh, CJ Henderson plus 3300. Uh, those are just some of the names out there, but you know, first and foremost, don't put 170 on a wide receiver on, on any player being picked 21 because there's way too much uncertainty that late in the draft. So, that's first and foremost.
1: What what did the 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 Alabama kid? What is I already forgot his name. A uh, uh, rugs.
0: What's that? No McKinney. Xavier uh, McKinney at uh, sixteen to one. And then they got Patrick Queen as well, who is in the latest at
1: seventeen to one. Uh I mean they they have linebacker, safety, and corner needs. So the yeah. guy you said before, McKinney, I believe, was a corner. Who did you say? Did you say C J Henderson?
0: C J Henderson as well. Yes, a uh, guy out of kid do out really of Florida. you think they're
1: going to? Do you really think that they're going to take? do you think that they've just given up on JJ ortega Whiteside? I don't I mean, man, he they would had kind of be all right the here. opportunity in the world last year. <laughs> right, I don't failed. know. Man. That's a, that's a second round pick. I mean, that's a second round pick. I just I kind of man. agree with you. Like I I don't, I don't know, know that they're going wide receiver here. I think they go safety or I think they go safety or corner or something. I think, I just, I mean, the Delpit, uh, you, you, you're, you're hearing about NFL teams starting to sour on, on Delpit. You're starting to hear this stuff about, his, about how teams are beginning to, uh, there's, there's whispers that teams think he's kind of a bad tackler and stuff like that. But Here we I, I, go. Here's our wager. Here's our wager.
0: Much better wager here. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles to draft offense versus defense. Offense minus 235. Defense plus 180. So we're almost getting like two that. to one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I like that. I mean, just for, just for what the hell, just to just to fade the idea that it's definitely going to be a wide out because the draft always surprises us.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get to running backs here real quick. And uh, well, it's not real quick because it's a huge position for fantasy and always interesting in the draft because we know analytics Twitter says do not take running backs in the first round. Um, The total right now is, or the numbers 0.5 0.5 running backs taken in the first round, but the juice is like minus 320. So basically they're more or less saying we think one running back is going to go in the first round. Who do you think it is and where do you think he goes? Uh,
1: if, it were, if it were me picking, it would be Jonathan Taylor, um, but it's not me picking. And I think that these, <laughs> I think these teams, I think these teams like, like DeAndre Swift, I just I think that that's what it is. You're hearing more and more from the guys who are plugged in with scouts that DeAndre Swift is kind of the guy. And look, the Chiefs make a ton of sense at the very end. Um, I'm just I'm kind of looking at the back end of the draft yeah. here, just because that's generally where we would probably see. Clearly, we're not going to see one going a little earlier. Does you know what do the what are the what are the Titans do? You know what if the Titans decided they wanted to pick Jonathan Taylor? it easily happen. You know, just and that 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 way they're not married to having to um, having to move forward with any kind of, you know, huge mega multi-year deal with the um, with with Derrick Henry. Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks that we've had <laughs> the report from Brock Huard. I know, I mean, they've spent the first rounder on Rashad Penny, but um, it feels like he can it feels like he can't, you know, fire another fire another first rounder at one of these one of these um, running backs. When you have such needs, like edge rusher, you have you've continued to have needs along the offensive line. You have got you have undrafted free agents like Puna Ford that are turned into contributors along the defensive line. But you need more pedigree there. Uh, I dolphins. I, do, but,
0: I mean, that's uh, that's your other squad. I feel like it's Dolphins, Chiefs.
1: Yeah, you because it won't be. It's sure it's not going to be the Patriots, the Saints, or the Vikings. And I just I can't see any of these other. T- not the Eagles, so um, yeah, it's going to be one of those teams. And I, uh, no, nah, I'm not sure. There's, I'm not sure. There's going to be two running backs, Dan. I don't, yeah. I don't think there will be. I, I mean, I,
0: I think, I, it's, I think the Dolphins could take a running back. They got three picks in the first round, assuming they don't have to give one up to trade up to, you know, say take Tua on the top end. And you know, the guy that I think is intriguing, and I don't know. It, I haven't heard your opinion on it, but I know you know Podfather hates him. W- why the hate on J.K. Dobbins? I mean, this guy. Ooh, I don't. I don't hate J.K. Shit. I love I K- J.K. Dobbins. I think he could easily be the top running back in this draft. He's plus eight hundred to be the first guy to go, and I'll tell you what his what what he did versus tough competition last year was in. Incredible, all year long against the top defenses in that big ten, Wisconsin, multiple occasions, Michigan, Michigan state, even against Clemson there with literally one leg uh, the the dude's legit whenever he's been a featured back. Uh, I love j k. dobbins I, He could end up in he's the sneaky guy that could maybe jump everybody, say, to Miami at eight to
1: one that I don't hate because I feel like oh. he kind of fits that situation. Eight eight to one just to be the first off the board. Do we read off who what what the what they are for the others? Are there others? Like the uh others? yeah
0: let me uh let's see let me get that real quick.
1: Uh does it have DeAndre Swift with the with yeah, the Yeah it's mascot? basically
0: Swift um Taylor and Dobbins. Here we go. It is okay it's down to plus 550 on Dobbins, but still really good. minus 167 on Swift
1: and plus 150 on Taylor. That's how I think yeah. Uh, plus 600 on Dobbins plus 550 that's on, of... on Draftkings, but it might be yeah, more on FanDuel. Kind of, that's the kind of thing where it, fe- it feels like that's not that's not that doesn't seem commiserate with the with the. Uh, with the with the chances of that of that happen, happening, like are you telling me that you don't think there's one team out there that could fall in love with J.K. Dobbins' skill set over DeAndre Swift or or Jonathan Taylor? I'd say, yeah, Dobbins it plus 800 on FanDuel. So I was to right. Me, on that's that. just to me. That's just cra- to me. That's just crazy. I mean, I would love to. I would love to throw a little bit of something down on that. Just as a, you know. Not something I think I necessarily because, think is gonna win, but I mean, dude, it's a better than a twelve and a half percent chance. I mean, Swift to me, okay, he's another guy that I
0: think really regressed his senior year behind arguably the best offensive line in college football in Georgia. That line was stacked, and I can't really figure out what happened. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Like, yes, he kind of fits the. Pass catching mold like maybe he gives you a little bit more upside for fantasy from that perspective. And Taylor, on the flip side, I love Taylor too. Like I think he's going to be really good. But honestly, I think Swift is third on the pecking order for me. But again, yeah, I'm not it, a GM. It's uh, it,
1: it, it's uh, for for me. Look, I love I, I love J.K. Dobbins. I think he has an all I think he has an all around skill set. I mean, he on on a on a good. Ohio State team, this guy was responsible for – dude, he, he ran for 2,250 – he had 2,250 total yards last year. I mean, he can it's catch. He caught, I mean, he got caught, he caught 23 balls. He was responsible for over a quarter of the team's total offensive touchdowns. Like, I mean, he's a, like, he's a baller and an absolute G. And for, to, for people to – I mean, he's another guy. I, I say, like, a bunch of these players come from Texas. Like, that guy's from literally just oh, yeah. down the road over in, over in Bastrop um it, I mean just seeing, seeing seeing him as a recruit and just seeing him as a high school player on the field with these other it's like which one of these is not like the other he's just one of these guys you say one day he's gonna be good in the NFL and he's been good in college it's just like and he should have been better if not for freaking Mike
0: Weber getting a bunch of carries you know a couple seasons ago like remember that 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 time that that, that ridiculous timeshare between Mike Weber and JK Dobbins that literally made no sense whatsoever. And then when Weber got hurt, Dobbins just whenever he got 25 carries just ran for like 200 yards and three touchdowns. Like, it's just, I'm still tilting over that because I never really understood it. And like you talk about Dobbins as a high school athlete, like he tests, you know, he didn't test out that much in, in, in the, uh, uh, at the combine because he was still banged up a little bit from the, from the injury. But Coming out of high school, this guy just blew everybody out of the water in athleticism testing, like
1: by far. And I know that's oh, years yeah. ago. Like you look at that stuff from the opening, and I don't, yeah, I like, yeah. I don't, I don't have it pulled up, but I just, I do remember his spark score from that. Like, <laughs> like he tweeted out a picture of it. it was yeah. some, some, wow.
0: Okay, other uh, last, uh, last other running backs to uh, to talk about, um, because you know, again, we'll be interested in fantasy for them. I don't know if we'll see many in in go you know very high in the draft um but thoughts on like cam acres like I, I think he was in the uh i think he and edward Hilaire were projected in the second round in the last mcshay uh mock
1: oh yeah i love i love cam acres um he just he kind of reminds me of a beast mode the way that he's able to able to a, able to create on his own and just right around that same like he just looks a lot like marshall lynch to me um for uh, Maybe even faster, though, four four seven. As far as his athleticism, he doesn't really have the um, – I'd say he's definitely got the requisite lateral agility. I think what his spark score from what he did, a uh, uh, 54th percentile athlete. Uh, he'll only – and he, here's the thing. He's young, too. He doesn't turn 21 until June 22nd. Of this, of, of of this, of this year, so a young player played behind one of the worst offensive lines anybody has uh, ever seen uh, <laughs> <They were bad. laughs> last year at Florida State. We talked about you know J.K. Dobbins uh, accounting for twenty six percent of his teams, uh, his team's offensive touchdowns. Cam Akers, within the context of his offense, was responsible for thirty eight, almost forty percent of his team's offensive touchdowns. Um, all, I mean, he's a guy who we also saw catch you know thirty balls last year and a guy that was a, you know, a complete workhorse. Cam Akers is a stud. He, he has, you know, he has the size, the speed and just this, I guess analytics guys are going to, are going to like him because of his, you know, his dominator, his college production, et cetera, et cetera. I think that people are also starting to understand the context of the bad offensive line and just, you know, the way that he was able to create on his own is something that was something that was special and I I love Cam Akers I think that he's probably not thought of in the dynasty and fantasy community maybe quite as highly as NFL teams might might think of him and yeah I think he's going to be one of the first say I mean after those first 3 that we talked about um I don't I I I don't like him more than Dobbins, Swift or Taylor but I do like him at 4 and um, better than Edward T. Oh, I think yeah, so yes yeah, yes I have sure. him above Edward uh, have him above the A.J. Dobbins or the I'm sorry the A.J. Dillons and the yes. uh, like Zach Moss and guys like this um I think that's a little bit of a tough tough question but it's one that I've settled on a while you know I just I got done with my evaluations and that's sort of the way that I see it even though I do think Clyde's a really interesting guy you, you get Clyde Edwards Hilaire and and like a Andy Reid system or something yeah. that turns into what everybody hoped that uh hoped that, that Darwin Thompson would be last year. I'm a little bit nervous on that
0: situation just because of God, he had so much good talent around him. You know, I mean, he really busted out when you had, you know, just, I mean, Jamar Chase, if not for Trevor Lawrence, would be probably the number one pick in next year's draft. Like, I can't tell you how good, jamar chase is like sick <laughs> very good. how good that guy is then you've got burrow then you've got jefferson i mean they they've got they were got just, like moss's
1: kid playing yeah. tight end they got they're
0: just <laughs> loaded and uh, i i think that that helped his cause a lot here so uh, i'm not saying like he's a bust but man i just i feel like there's i'm less confident that He's suddenly going to be coming into the NFL as, as, a, as an impact player as much as, you know, those other four guys that we talked
1: about. The one thing to remember about Clyde, and I'll just, I'll just say this, is that Joe Burrow was asked who the best player he's ever played with was. And you've got to remember Joe Burrow was at Ohio State among yeah. a, just a ton of elite guys. And then he's been at LSU among these other – and this he just said, no, no question, Clyde Clyde Edwards. Really? The, player, the
0: best Interesting. player that I've ever played with.
1: So just something to keep in
0: mind alex uh we got to get out of here man uh, awesome i love talking draft man you know what when the draft happens i don't know what you're doing Are you? i don't know if you've got a serious xm assignment but if you don't we might just do like a live betting stream
1: you know while the draft's happening because I, this no, is man, just yeah, too yeah, much yeah, fun man that's just that, too much fun. that that would be awesome brother always oh, oh oh i love the draft more more than anything and I oh, always love catching up with you and talking some of this uh, de- some some of this degenerate action. And there should be plenty of that. <laughs> awesome. He is Alex uh Dunlap. You can find him roster
0: watch. If you haven't, you know, been you know on this face of the earth. You should know roster watch, rosterwatch.com, also Sirius XM. Uh subscribe over there. Those guys do an amazing job in terms of uh all their fantasy coverage. And I I've said it before, I'll say it again. These guys hustle more than Pretty much anybody in the industry. What I mean by that, they put in the time to travel, to talk to teams, talk to players, and uh, it's things that a lot of other fantasy companies don't do. So I give them mucho respect for that hustle. So uh, check them out, RosterWatch.com. I'm Dan Bach. Uh, Before we, of course, get out, I gotta, I gotta do a read here. You know what we, you know, I gotta do a read for. This is about the best read i think anybody could ask for because i get to talk about beer i don't know about you alex but mm-hmm. um it, after a day with the kids at home <laughs> I mean, you, know, you know doing their uh, their home learning there's nothing better than chilling with uh a mountain cold made to chill coors light uh coors lights brewed in a three-step cold process cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged so it's actually made to chill The mountains on Coors Light actually activated on the bottle and cans. They turn blue when they're chilled. So when you need to chill at the end of the day, and we all do, especially if you have kids at home, uh, do it with some Coors Light. Uh, Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, 1978, Coors Light is refreshing, crisp, and only, get this, 102 calories. So uh, that's what Coors Light is the one to choose when you need a moment to chill. So you want to reset? uh, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can have Coors Light delivered by going to getcoorslight.com and finding local delivery options near you. Uh, Remember, please, uh, if you need to, make sure you celebrate responsibly. And Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, uh, as well. So check them out, Coors Light. Uh, For Alex, I am Dan. Thanks for checking us out on The Morning Grind. Stevie we will be back uh, tomorrow with more great esports i'm sure here but uh till then have a great day and we'll see you